Howdy, folks. We're here again for Scaring and Sharing. Yes, we're going to share some scares with each other and you. Hello. Hello, Welcome. because this is the place where we share our scares. It sure the fuck is. And we are so <laughs> glad to have you here. But more importantly, Jeremy, I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you here. Because if we didn't have each other, we wouldn't have a show. That's right. And you know <laughs> what? You're Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk, and I adore you. And you are Brandy Joe, the flaming scream queen, the flaming cream queen. <laughs> Plan back. All and the I flaming adore things. you. I adore oh, you. Thanks. Sometimes you're the flaming cream queen. Sometimes you're <laughs> sometimes you're Blandy Joe instead of Brandy Joe. It's you know, just whatever, you know. I'm open. That's that's good. So I have to say, I'm still riding on a high from having uh it's only a podcast on. It was like eh, really exciting for me, and I thought it was a really good episode. Joe listened to it, um, and he adored it. He thought it was really a, a great episode, and he made a comment, which is something I also totally agree with. Yes. And he's like, it's so nice to have some straight guys talk about some really gay shit, like Stranger by the Lake, mm. and not be like weirded out by it. Because it's really, really gay. I mean, there's like cum shots and so much mm -hmm. uncut penis and unsimulated sex. And you both, I'm not going to say you're not phased, but you're not bothered by it. Like, I was even a little phased by it because it was just like, whoa. <laughs> but it's just, I just got to give you some major props. And I've always known you're cool like that. But seriously, like... I didn't know what way it would go with either one of you, although you both seem very cool. So it's not like a huge surprise, but it's nevertheless very, very cool. And I just got to say that. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of <laughs> what can I say, but thanks. <laughs> no, I, no, I say thanks. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so Jeremy, I also, it's probably because of it's only a podcast being on, although maybe not, but we had some new States listening to us this past <gasps> week. Oh yes. I love the metrics. New Hampshire, Missouri, Utah, and Mississippi. Mississippi. So I thought that was exciting. And I just wanted to throw that out there. So hello everyone. If you're still listening in, we love having you. And if it was just the one time, thanks. Bye. <laughs> come back. Yeah, See, come visit back. Visit us come again. Back. Yeah. Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched a, you know how I love my Watch Mojo videos. Mm -hmm. I watched, I, I don't remember which one of those services it was, but I watched, because you also know I love the Mandela effect. I talk, I've talked about it numerous times. There was a horror Mandela effect video. Oh, no. So you probably know some of them, but I don't know that you know some of them, and some of them I'm going to, like, quiz you. Okay? Okay. Okay. So the first one was Candyman, which I totally agree with this one. And the Mandela effect is how many times you say Candyman. Because how many times is it? You say Candyman five times. You do. But, like, in my mind, it's three. But I also think that that comes from, like, Bloody Mary. And in my mind, it was three. But it's actually, like, some weird number, like 11 or something. <laughs> oh, but so that was the first one. The second one, which like makes sense because it's kind of like sex in the city is interview with the or a vampire. Oh, it's uh interview with the vampire. 
It is, but even they showed this clip of Anne Rice talking about it, and she says interview with a vampire. Oh. <laughs> so definitely, that's like an easy one, and also like, whatever. The next one I've never, ever heard, which is that lots of people with Nightmare on Elm Street think that his sweater is red and black. No, it's red and green. I know. Like, I've never, ever heard of anyone call it red and black. Yeah, it's clearly like a Christmas sweater. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. red and green. And also, yeah. I think Wes Craven said that those two colors are the most clashing on the eye together, which is why he chose them. Yeah, yeah. It, he it, There's like a study somewhere that says that like that color combination yeah. uh, mentally affects people. It makes them uneasy or sick feeling to see those colors together. So that's why yes. I went with that. Yep. Next up is Rosemary's Baby. And lots of people being sure and remembering very vividly that they saw the baby's eyes. No. And you, you don't. Ne- you in never my do. mind, I could get that because in Terror in the Isles, when, or Terror in the Isle, and is it an S or a singular? I don't remember. I Isles. Think it's Isles. Plural. Thank you. Plural. In that, when they're going over this segment with what have you done to his eyes, they, they do this intercut with some other movie and it does seem like you see his eyes and in rosemary's baby you see the devil's eyes oh i think that's maybe like earlier right when she's earlier like being raped by the devil yes you see they cut to the yellow like yes. sna- the snake-like visage with yellow eyes you see that and then maybe people get confused and think yeah that's yeah i saw eyes but it's totally in a different part of the movie different character because it's satan himself whose eyes you see indeed so the next one i've never also heard which is blair witch she says i am so so sorry when she's doing her big monologue that's so popular and people think that she says like i'm so scared as opposed to i'm so sorry but i always remember that she's like apologizing to the families of the guys she's with and Mm -hmm. so i've never heard of that one the other one uh, that one i will say with blair witch i have heard that one because but i think it was parodies of blair witch popularized the phrase i'm so scared into the camera yeah. Uh, like, it, like scary movie did that or somebody yeah. else. And I think, again, it's one of those situations where people are like, no, no, the movie totally said that originally said that. And it's like, you're thinking of parodies that came out really quickly after that movie happened. And it's probably tainted your, your memory. So I'm going to go off that because there is a scary movie one mm. as well as a part of this Mandela effect. And it is when they're parodying the sixth sense and whichever Wayne's brother it is says the famous line. Do you know what he says? Wasn't it supposed to be, I see white people. That's what I thought. And it's not, he literally says, I see dead people. Oh, he does say it. But like, I, that's what everyone thinks, including myself when they brought it up. I'm like, he says, I see white people, but he doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's like a, another parody that like something else parodying scary movie (laughs) did that sort of thing like because i know that line is from somewhere but i think it's not from scary movie the other one is gremlins that the main baddie stripe stripe but lots of people including myself when they brought up i thought it was spike and i guess there's even merchandise that calls him spike Oh. But it makes sense in a stripe because he literally has a stripe. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little stripe. <laughs> but when it came up, I'm like, his name is Spike. The other one is in Saw. Billy never says, do you want to play a game? He yeah. says, I want to play a game. Yeah. 
which I wouldn't have thought of either. That one I remember as a, a famous misquoted line that floats around. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then The Shining, people think he says, honey, I'm home, as opposed to Wendy, I'm home. Mm, I don't know is, that one. Yeah, I've never heard that one. Like That one's so ingrained in my head. I like I know what's correct. Yeah. And then the last one is the most popular one, which is, of course, Silence of the Lambs. Oh. That uh, he the, never says, hello, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. He just yeah. says... He says hello and he says Clarice at a different point in the movie, but people <laughs> yeah. have combined the two scenes for some reason. Yeah, but I thought those were fun. And there were some that I'd never heard before, some that I think are dumb, and some that surprised me that I was right there with them. So fascinating. I do know yeah. the Mandela effect is your little conspiracy theory that you're I do into. love it. I love it. It is fascinating. I love the idea of parallel universes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we pretty much science pretty much knows they exist, right? Like it's it fact. Yeah, the, the idea. Sure. Okay, I might be <laughs> embellishing a little bit, but there's a lot of evidence that points to our the universe we know is not the only universe. It's not the only manifestation of a universe. So what? Start. Do some reading, man. <laughs> Go down some rabbit holes on the internet. I don't like reading. I only do audiobooks by bad celebrities. All right, find a YouTube video. I'm sure there's some that can do like quantum physics for dummies real quick. And well, I would like to I would like to be fascinated by that. Oh, so sorry, I have another. It's only a podcast story. So I took a friend to the airport on Monday, and mm-hmm. I was driving back, and I was listening to their Overkill series. They were talking about the first Final Destination. When in front of me, there was a truck, and a ladder <gasps> fell off of the side of the truck, and my life flashed before my eyes. I thought I was going to die. No! And as it fell over the side of the truck, it had, like, a strap on it, and it did not actually like fu- like it hit the ground and like sparks went up but it did not like fly at me like i was sure it was going to oh my god i was like how am i listening to something about final destination when, when this happens me, final destination 2 is happening live yes it was frightening Good and i immediately Lord. wrote them a correspondence and said guess what happened to me <laughs> i'm glad that it didn't go final destination although was uh, that your you're- moment did you cheat death I maybe, maybe I did. Oh no. <laughs> we'll find out. We will. We will indeed. We'll keep you guys updated. <laughs> <laughs> what has been going on with you? Have you heard any fun horror news? Uh yeah, I had some news. It was it was weird to uh have to suppress it for our last episode because I'm like, <laughs> I had a whole I had news to talk about. What I wanted to bring up was that there was some toxic Avenger. news what uh in recent weeks about it got its rating uh which it it got so it's like all done yeah it got a hard r uh which i know was for like violence language and like graphic nudity yes (laughs) it's like okay good it sounds like they're hitting all the trauma strong points i know there was a little blurb with lloyd kaufman uncle lloyd himself uh not that long ago where he talked about um going to the set which i guess they shot it in bulgaria Right. Uh, which was also where they shot, you know, the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Movie. So I'm wondering if Toxie's going to look a little bit like that movie. Uh, Uncle Lloyd did say that they did total justice to trauma, mm-hmm. to the Toxic Avenger. He says it's the best Toxic Avenger movie that's ever been made. So, you know, uh, I'm sure he says that about each one that came out, but uh, he, he's giving it a full thumbs up. So that sounds good that uh, trauma is totally on board with this remake. 
Yes. Did you see that Tubi remade Terror Train? Yeah. Weird. So weird. Also, Tubi. I'm just so anti-Tubi. I of know people things. are all into it, but I just, commercials. No, no, yeah, no. You got to be careful, man. Like everyone I know is like, Tubi's awesome. <sighs> just can't. No commercials. No, gross. I mean, I'll use Tubi if I have to, if it's the last resort, because I found some weird movies I couldn't find anywhere else. And it's like, ah, it's on Tubi. So I've had to do it before, but. Okay. Did you watch the trailer for 3,000 Years of Longing? I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I had been oh, reading about the movie. My it God. Sounds it looks so fucking good. It sounds wild. And it got a six-minute standing ovation at Con. Whoa. Which is pretty impressive. I am excited to see it. And it is George Miller, the creator of Mad Max, the director oh. of all of the Mad Max movies, mm. uh, as well as Babe and Babe Pig in the City. He directed those. Oh, I love the well. first one. I don't think I've ever seen Babe Pig in the City. And uh, and the Happy Feet movies. Oh, have so you seen those? I've, I think I've seen the first Happy Feet. Sounds familiar. I've seen part okay. of it. But yeah, he's, he's you know pretty diverse in his filmography. But it's cool to see him do a... Uh, uh, something that's not Mad Max as a big like live action thing. So, I mean, I haven't yet seen everything everywhere all at once, but it seems like that and 3000 years of longing would be a great double feature. Good pairing. Yeah. 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 A really good pairing. Cool. And also I saw that there's like this fucked up Winnie the Pooh called Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. <laughs> and I was looked, just reading looked, an article about weird? it. Yeah, I saw the still images from it. And I'm like, so this is some kind of fucking like straight to video based on the original, like the A.A. Milne stories as opposed to like the Disney, you know, character. Sort of. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell, but I would definitely try watching it. I just don't know what I would think of it. Yeah. I can't imagine I think highly. I can't imagine it's got a big budget either looking at the stills they released yeah. where I'm yeah. like, this is totally like a, a Z, Z grade. <laughs> Gotta be yes. right yes. to streaming. So what have you watched? We have like two weeks of watching. I know we have like two weeks of watching, man. Let me let me hit the letterboxed, which is now just my my diary, my personal journal of my film adventures of note of note. I did check out old M. Night Shyamalan's. Oh, you did? Is it, I keep wanting to. I don't. What? What? What do you think? My review. My review on Letterboxd is just quoting myself saying, yeah, that kind of sucked. And that was <laughs> me to Sarah after we finished watching it. Oh, Because uh, we watched it together. It, you know, I, uh, I gave it a two on Letterboxd. And it's just, it suffers too much from what I feel a lot of late, late career, like current career Shyamalan movies do, which is he, he's so fixated on a twist that there is no, there's no satisfying character arcs or character development or anything like Mm. that. It's just, they're just, they all feel like stock characters thrown together and what feels like an embellished twilight zone episode. And then the twist comes and you're like, Oh, okay. It's a commentary <laughs> on this. And then, then it's over. And you're like, that just was not worth my time. Okay. Okay. Yep. As usual, there's like a couple, there's always like a cool moment or two thrown in there. And then the rest of it though, it's just, I can't recommend it. Yeah. On paper, the idea is like really, and I thought the trailer was pretty fascinating, but then just 
very it, few people have spoken highly of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I felt like the concept is fascinating and it's one of those things where again, he's too focused on getting to the twist and then the twist like over explains, I suppose, if you will, like, I, a lot of times I feel like his movies would be best left to mystery. Like, I feel like if you didn't, if you just took the twist out and left it up to interpretation or mystery as to why things were happening, that would be a more satisfying story to me. But yeah. no, you know, everything's fully explained by the end and you're just like, well, that's not as great. And it's heavy handed commentary and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, not so good. Um, anything else of note? I did watch, the Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, which is a was a first time watch for me. I've never actually seen it all the way through. And I finally sat down and watched it. It's like it's a movie. I think it's been in the public domain for a long time. So, you know, you, you catch it used in other movies, like clips of it when they need somebody watching a movie. And I've seen clips of it here or there. But I finally watched the whole thing. It's the original film adaptation of the story I Am Legend. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, done most recently as the Will Smith uh, picture. Um, but uh, it was interesting. It, it really, watching it, I do know that George Romero had years ago come out and admitted that like, oh yeah, Last Man on Earth was a huge influence on the original Night of the Living Dead. And knowing that you can really see it in Last Man on Earth because there are literal scenes of like the undead bad guys trying to break into the house that Vincent Price is all boarded up in that look like, oh, this looks remarkably like Night of the Living Dead. So it was kind of a fascinating uh, watch knowing the influence it's had on later stuff. Is it creepy or is it just so old that it's not? It has moments. It's got its moments. Mostly it's kind of like a meditative, like deliberately paced sort of science fiction fable, I suppose. It does kind of have a bleak, dark ending that I feel like is shocking for the early 60s or a little darker than I would think. But it was also technically an Italian-made movie, too. So I feel oh. like... Uh, you know, those working on it, it was European made. So it had less American sensibilities. And I think you can feel that watching it. And it suffers from the, the shoddy dubbing because Vincent mm. Price was like the only English speaking actor and okay. everybody else is dubbed over. And it's like, it's a little bit wonky sometimes. So I can see its reputation as like definitely a B movie. Okay. But it was fun. Okay. And, uh, and then, just moments ago before we started recording, I finished up a rewatch of Nosferatu because of the connection to the movie we're talking about today, uh, the Robert Eggers connection. I decided to revisit the original Nosferatu. We just watched it. Like a year ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, was it? It had to have been. I don't think so. It but wasn't still, recent. Did it hold up? Of course. It's, you know, it's <laughs> iconic. It's a masterpiece. It's a work of art. So, yeah, it is. I watched the Shutter documentary, The Found Footage Phenomenon, which was it, fun. Cool. I wanted to check that out. Yeah. It I mean, there's cool. nothing real crazy in it. Like, mm -hmm. I knew, like, it would be one thing if I didn't know about Ghost Watch or the, the, Final broadcast. What the fuck is that movie called? The final is that, broadcast. Is that right? Yeah. It was like, yeah. I remember seeing it a blockbuster right after Blair Witch came out. Cause it's like, this happened before Blair Witch. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the one about the Jersey fine. devil, right? Yeah. That's the final broadcast. Yeah. yeah it's fine. I wish it would have gone a, a little bit more into the genre. And I can't remember now what it's called with like host and those sorts of things where it's like from a computer. 
Mm-hmm. Which maybe that's not found footage because it's not footage that's found. It's footage that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Is that like a new subgenre? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do talk about host, of course, because it's a shutter movie, mm-hmm. but it's, it's worth watching. I definitely okay. enjoyed it. And there were some things that I'd never heard of. And, but yeah, I dug it. Cause I really like found footage. It's, I mean, a genre that I, I find, I find that there's not a lot of really good stuff, but I'm always intrigued by it. So, yeah, I thought that the trailer for that documentary looks real cool. So I, okay. I definitely want to check it out. And have you seen the Poughkeepsie tapes? No, I've okay. only, I've only heard of it over the years. Got it. Did varying, stories some are like it's the most disturbing thing like i remember for a minute that movie carried this weight of being like it's so fucked up and then a lot of other people are like that was all hype and it's not really all that memorable so yeah i don't know i don't know where i've never sought it out yet though so and then i also watched this old 1982 tv movie called don't go to sleep Mm. Have you ever, it's the little boy, it's like Valerie Harper, this little girl who played Duffy in the movie Annie, and then the little boy who played Robbie and Poltergeist is in it. It came out the same year as Poltergeist. Okay, yeah, the title sounds super familiar. Yeah, and as soon as this one scene and it happened, I remember seeing at the video store, there's this scene with a little girl in a bed and the bed's on fire, and she's like reaching her arms out. And that I remember on like the, the cover of the VHS when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, I remember that move, that shot. Mm-hmm. So, but it's really good. I kept this last week, it came up twice in totally random different conversations with two totally different people who don't know each other. And I was like, Oh, I got to watch it. So it's on YouTube uh-huh. and I watched the whole thing and it was good. It's actually a pretty decent little chiller. Cool. Yeah. I love evil kids. Yeah. Big, big fan, which made me wonder. Cause I read a list that talked about some killer kid movies and there's this trauma movie. Beware children at play or something. Mm, I don't have know that one. This? No? no. Okay. Cause I want to seek it out, but it's a trauma movie. So it's probably fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably weird and wild. So. Yeah. Um, oh, and we have one teragram from our dear friend Alex Horrorboob on oh, Instagram. Yeah. Yes, a- yes. The subject is thoughts, T-H-O-T-S. And Alex writes, hey guys, I just wanted to write to sis. That's us. We're sis. You guys are killing it and always persistent on the podcast. You guys make cleaning the house much more fun or long car rides. I played the podcast in the back. But also, I had a suggestion. You guys should totally do, like, viewing watch parties. Especially during the spooky seasons this year. Love to watch a movie and have commentary live and chat about the movies, their facts, off-topic stories during the movie watch. That would be fun, but just a suggestion to feel closer to you guys via the internet. Still waiting for you guys to do a Saw episode. Keep up the Slayconic podcast, XOXO. Thank you, Alex. Iconic. I like that. Slayconic. Slayconic. <laughs> Still good. It's even better. Yeah, I think so. Um, I love those ideas. Yeah, I mean, we've totally talked about doing watch parties. It's yeah. just finding the right platform. And I think Discord is that platform. Maybe we start our own Discord channel. I think, uh, yeah, Discord channel. I mean, and Planet Ant has their Discord server. We could have our little stream on there because uh yeah. i don't think we've ever launched it on there because we just never have bothered playing around with it but we have the ability to have a scaring and sharing like you know 
channel on there so maybe we should do that and do some watch parties yeah that would be fun so thank you alex and we will look into it and And definitely let you know the saw idea i feel like this has come up in another comment i remember somebody asking about saw movies i think it was alex (laughs) was it alex in the past he's mentioned it a few times maybe maybe it's something we do uh if people liked the rolling the dice friday the 13th uh special we did maybe saw is one of those contenders for a future experiment but that like worked that. because there were 12 ep- 12 True. versions of friday 13. there's 12 but we do something similar with saw in the future i'm just <laughs> saying i'm trying to give alex what he wants i know and our friend chris also wrote me and said that he really liked the friday 13th episode and was like i want you to do this with nightmare on elm street and have me back on because he loves a freddy krueger yeah that would be that'd be cool yeah yeah, yeah. all right well we got we got it's plenty of irons in the fire for future episodes so. sure Sure, we, there we are. plan to do this for at least 3,000 more episodes. So, yeah, you know, just yeah. 3,000, though. Yeah, just 3,000. Then, then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get to our share this week? I guess we should. Uh, if you're looking at it, you already know we're coming at you with a little one. Uh, a, 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 a tiny terror is what we used to call them. I don't know. A if singular we're keeping... slasher. Singular, a singular slasher. spooky. Yep. That's. Uh... Are we keeping that branding up? I don't know. Who knows? Well, why not mix it up? Mix it up. And this this week, of course, it's The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers. And the tagline is, Conquer your fate. <laughs> and the description goes, Prince Omleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Omleth is now a Viking who's on a mission to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. Just give away the whole story description. Jesus description. (laughs) All right. You know, um, people might be a little bit like, what's going on here? But I feel like this is horror adjacent territory, of course, with this choice. Yeah, I thought Um, it would be more so than it was. Me too, but <laughs> I feel like there's plenty in there. And it's Robert Eggers, of course, who is him and Ari Aster are leading the horror renaissance that's going on right the now. The horror sans, so, if you the will. The horror sans. And I do feel like, on the one hand, this movie felt different from what's come before with Robert Eggers, with The Witch and The Lighthouse, but at the same time, perfectly is in line with like themes and ideas and stories he loves. So um you know what i'm dying to hear what your impressions were though so you know i thought it was fine joe i was like do you want to watch it and joe said yeah so and in case your first time listener joe's my husband so we started watching it and like seven minutes in he's like i'm out (laughs) (laughs) and i also realized like five minutes and i needed to turn on the subtitles because i could not tell what the fuck they were saying so i just and I, I could understand the words, but like it was, it was just easier to read it to know what the fuck was happening. Yeah, and it definitely was written not not like the witch, not like w- the witch, which yeah. was flat out in old English, and that was like uh, a whole other level trying to understand what they were saying. But this is written in like an archaic English, like this is a little more old timey uh, yeah. the way they speak. So, and, and the fact that they keep switching to some Norse language too, because like when they're doing the chants and the songs, those are straight up in like Swedish or something like that. So, and you know how I feel about like historical 
stuff stuff in general so like yeah. i'm like oh this is challenging i'm not into this and then like halfway through i'm like isn't this just hamlet so like i look up i'm like oh they're based yeah. on the same thing but i didn't know that going into it oh okay yeah, yeah so this like is... i just i felt very smart when i thought that yeah. <laughs> and then i was like oh it is um and i i went on the journey like i i i never was like god damn this is so long even though it's over two hours like it never it was really well made yeah and and I thought that that and the acting and the effects and just how it was filmed was all very good. So like all that was fine. Like I never would say like I loved it and I wouldn't probably ever like seek it out. But if someone's into this sort of thing, I'd be like, yeah, you should watch it because it's good. And that Nicole Kimmon scene was awesome. And you know, the, the one, there's like one scene with her that's like so fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was amazing. My friend Ben loves her and I'm sure he um, jizzed all over that scene because it was amazing. She was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a uh, lot of great performances in this. Uh, I feel like this is material that could be difficult to pull off as an actor, but I think everyone did a uh, pretty solid job throughout this movie. It's definitely got the, you know, where it becomes horror, Jason, of course, spoilers people, but um, I don't know. This movie's so wild, really. I mean, the plot is so simple, but things that happen in it are so wild. uh, It's really not spoiling much of anything, but um, yeah, the horror, Jason, I mean, he fights a fucking zombie straight Mm -hmm. up. Let's just call that out right there. Uh, And all the witchcraft stuff is just beyond like uh, bizarre, I think, from, you know, what you're used to seeing in uh, what I'll call a mainstream movie, because this is definitely like bigger budget. This felt distinctly for Robert Eggers too. like the lighthouse and the witch are definite art house pictures. This felt like him stepping into the realm of like, here's a bit more money make a bigger thing and he's like okay i will but i'm still gonna stay weird as shit which i think he accomplished mission accomplished robert but apparently he didn't get final cut and it was very difficult for him he like Mm. has spoken in many an interview about how it was super hard to make because he didn't have all the control because it wasn't a little art house film. He had this big budget and his studio mm-hmm. had final cut and that was very, very difficult for him, but it was still the movie he wanted to make. Just not like a hundred percent, like his control over yeah, everything. I'm sure we would have gotten some weirder montages or something in there. If he had the final cut um, and some of the weirder elements, like the ending with the, uh, uh, Again, people, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you want to watch this, go watch it. But at the ending uh, with the Valkyrie carrying him off to Valhalla, it's like, I'm sure that would have been a longer, weirder sequence with Robert Eggers under full control. So, And my favorite moments in it, because they happen more than once, were that sort of like, like when he was like tripping on acid, whatever, with his dad. And you could see like in like his ribs and there were like the people floating and stuff. And Mm. then you sort of revisit that later with, Mm -hmm. with um, Anya Taylor, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's her name? Why am I? Anya Taylor, Anna Taylor Joy. Yes, Anya Taylor Joy. Joy. Yep, yep. When he sort of revisits that with her, and I just loved those shots. I thought that was so gorgeous and creepy and cool looking. Like it just was so neat. Yeah, there's a lot of just visually beautiful imagery. Things I will say, of course, like I was in for the ride. Now I am of Swedish ancestry. Oh, Um, my 
mom's grandfather, my great grandfather was an immigrant from Sweden. Uh, and my grandma had all kinds of stories from her father, of course, from, you know, about Vikings. We're supposed to be descended from Vikings. Our ancestry is supposed to go back to the actual Vikings in Sweden. Stories about, you know, the Thor and Odin and the mythology. I learned that stuff like as a kid from my grandma growing up. So, of course, it has a certain connection to me because it's who I am, literally, genetically, it's who I am. So um, I do, I was a little bit like, uh, Vikings are all of a sudden super cool in pop culture. I'm like, I've been hearing this stuff my whole life. I don't need it shoved in my face and everybody's talking about it now. But to actually sit down and watch something like this, it's like, okay, that's cool. I feel like the Viking age is not necessarily something that's been done to death yet in historical film. I mean, now it does because there was the show Vikings and like a bunch of TV shows now. But before it felt like it was kind of an untapped era of history and spe- specific, you know, place and time. So, yeah, but it's a whole nother layer. Like, I don't like historical stuff. And then you're going to be like, it's about Vikings. If I would have known that, I would have been like, oh, God. <laughs> but like I said, like, I never disliked the viewing experience it mm-hmm. just isn't something i traditionally would go to yeah if it wasn't that i had to watch it for the show i probably wouldn't have chosen yeah. to. but but it was fun I, I still think it was good and what i actually really appreciate and i don't know how much this was like the original tale and whatnot but i feel like in lots of these stories normally when he would i'm i don't even know everyone's name when the lead character what omleth um, left, yeah. When he would come back to like, you know, his step or his uncle's like kingdom or whatever, like it seemed mm-hmm. like the uncle would be in charge and whatnot. So it was fascinating and added a cool layer that the uncle had been like disbanded. I don't know these words. Deposed. Deposed. Like, so he's like still in charge, but like not, not like the king of the land. No, yeah, yeah. He's living in exile. Uh, yeah, with- in exile. And I found that really interesting. Like, I thought that added a cool... Cool twist. A cool twist to it, that he wasn't, like, the king of where he used to be, like, of where he had killed his father. You didn't, like, just take over and still was there reigning. Mm-hmm. Like, he was still in charge, but, like, in a different way. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it, there's... There are, yeah, little twists and nuances to the story. It's not Nuances, that's the word I was going for. And then he gets there and he's, uh, you know, he gets the magic sword. Like it's a freaking Legend of Zelda game or something. He goes to the (laughs) temple to fight the the monster, the zombie. And he gets the magic sword that he needs to kill, you know, his his uncle for revenge. But he could have just gone and killed him. But instead he's like, no, the... The priestess told me it was going to happen at in a lake of fire. I have to wait <laughs> until that moment presents itself. Till then, I will just fuck with him. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, this just keeps going. I'm like, I thought he was just going to go kill the guy. But nope, he's got to wait until the time is right to do it. Uh, yeah, it just took a lot of turns where you didn't think what should be just a straightforward revenge tale takes all these little turns here or there. So wait, the, when he kills like the zombie thing for the sword, like it's weird. Like he kills him and then like, it's like all like a flash in his mind, right? Yeah. Like it was in his head. Yeah. I think okay. that's it was so weird. Cause this movie definitely has supernatural elements. That being one of them. There's the fact that like he's freed by ravens that just fly in that. Yeah. and like, it literally like a vision of Odin appears like in mm-hmm. front of him. So you're like, 
oh, okay, I guess there is, you know, a super, and it keeps going, and you're like, well, the Valkyrie shows up at the end, so maybe that's really happening, actually. Like, it's not visions, so, it, you know. And the sword, when the guy goes to try and pull it out of its uh, sheath, he can't, because it's, you know, only Amleth can use that sword, because it's a magic, his magic revenge sword. So <laughs> I thought there's a lot of cool little supernatural twists here or there. I also read that lots of people from the movie got, like, presence after the movie was over Mm -hmm. and apparently bjork received three horses Hmm. (laughs) which i found very odd and i bet she was ecstatic i bet she was it seems like the greatest thing you could give bjork for some reason in my mind she would be like yes thank you for the horses (laughs) and i thought i had read after dance from the dark she was like i'm never doing another movie again i think she has since done another film between that and this have you seen dancer in the dark no um but i had heard too that her experience working with lars von trier the director of that was specifically like a bad experience yeah so i think that's could be that she had to work through some stuff and it's a very good movie though like i mean directors that are not awful people (laughs) to work with so which i bet robert eggers is just like lovely he seems like just a giant nerd. So, you know, our kind yeah, of people, our kind of people. Yeah. And so, okay. The first time there's the flying horse mm-hmm. and he's on it. Is that, is Anya Taylor joy, that creature flying it? I, that's what I took that. Okay. That was her now is like a Valkyrie, like supposed okay. to be his, like, she's the one for me, like telling him, you know, this is it. That was a cool ass shot when you like see her like she's like yeah in all of her glory yeah it, it, it's some real psychedelic imagery in here and that's there was. that's cool and allegedly Viking religious practice relied hel- heavily on magic mushrooms so oh. that's from actual texts and sagas and history that okay. they they would trip out to have like religious journeys and things like that so. Yeah, it was cool. That whole opening with like, yeah, that trippy scene with him and his dad was so cool. And then I love that he just bit that guy's nose off. Yeah, that was cool as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when he becomes to uh, a, um, th- there's a lot of, for the history nerds, because then I was like looking stuff up and reading about it. And it's like, okay, yeah, he did a lot of research. And he said that. I read an interview where he says he did a ton of research and was trying to get very accurate and specific as he could to Viking existence and Viking history as we believe we know it. But like when he's grown, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Amleth, when he's grown as a Viking and he's hanging out with the other Vikings, they're, you know, berserkers is what they were referred to as uh, in history. Those Viking warriors that would show up wearing animal skins. Um, And of course that's where the word berserk comes from. Uh, But apparently the like, the meaning of the older word berserker uh, is supposed to loosely translate to bear shirt or bear, oh. a bear skin. So it's believed they wore, you know, the skins of bears to appear more monstrous. And of course uh, it's said they went into battle tripped out on magic mushrooms. So I can only imagine wow. what it would be like uh, facing these guys down because they are supposed to be totally terrifying. Interesting. And it also had what you talked about in our last episode that you liked, which is the title as the punctuation at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's a cool, <laughs> it's a cool little thing. I know it's it's cheesy and 
just a little artsy thing, but I like I like that where it's like boom, you just watched the Northmen, like that kind of thing. So I also read that the runes or whatever they are don't actually spell the North, like they don't say the Northmen. They say like whatever his name is, like his revenge or whatever. Oh, okay. But then they just like put the translation as the Northman, but that's not what it actually yeah, it says. actually says. And runes are runes are tricky because I'm pretty sure we don't even actually know like. For sure, what they mean because it's one of those like ancient written languages where the, the cipher's been lost long ago. It's not sure what they all translate into. It's just guesses and approximations anyway. So, and I also read this little bit about how someone like said asked Robert Eggers like why is everything you do like period like mm. why why do you always do these historical things historical and he stories said, essentially like what I've said before like I always realize when I watch them which is like this is how we've always been, how we are now, just in a different time. Like we are still the same. These still, these things still happen now. It's just back then. (laughs) Exactly. Which makes so much sense. But like, I would be, it would be very interesting to see him do like a contemporary piece and see what, how it all goes out. I want him to do it. Yeah. And I get it too. Cause you know what they say? Revenge never goes out of style. So <laughs> we've been, true. we've been revenging since humans, since Cain and Abel, you know? So if you say so, there you go. Yeah. I dug it. I thought it was a decent little film. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, there, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely an experience. It was one of those movies where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just along for the ride. And it's like, Oh wow. This went some, it, it uh, kind of akin to the lighthouse the first time i saw that which again was like i don't know where this is going i'm just in for the ride but where the lighthouse i think went to some more weird esoteric like territory this was a little more straightforward as just you know a revenge tale and um there was though a, um there was a shot at the end when they have their final duel uh you know and they're both both in the nude having their final fight and uh, doing away with each other. But that reminded me of there's a shot in the lighthouse. I believe it was Willem Dafoe when he's again in the buff in a certain pose in there. Uh, And it looked very similar. And I know that the shot from the lighthouse was actually drawn from like a famous piece of artwork that Robert Edgar's likes. So I wonder if he was recreating it again in this movie. And it's interesting. I thought the lighthouse was good. I didn't love it. I would probably go like the witch, the Northman, and the lighthouse if I had to order them myself. But we saw the lighthouse in the theater, Joe and I did, and Joe really liked the lighthouse a lot. And then I tried to show him the witch and he fell asleep. And then this, he tapped out like seven minutes into it. So it's interesting because I feel like if you like one of them, you would think you'd kind of be into all of them. Yeah, absolutely, because I did enjoy all of them. Whereas for me, I think The Lighthouse is my favorite of his movies so far. So okay. uh, that's that's the one that had the most impact on me. Uh, and I really like The Witch, and then this is very good too. But I don't think as good necessarily for me as, say, The Witch or The Lighthouse were. But I can definitely respect how how great of a filmmaker he is because I think these movies are all very interesting. They're very stylistically impressive. I, I just think that he's obviously very, very talented and these movies are very good in, even though they may tap it, this one in particular tapping into this story. That's very well trod trodden, Mm -hmm. trodden, whatever. Trodden, trodden, trodden. 
<laughs> it's very well versed in regards to like Hamlet. It yeah. isn't like a straight up. It's not like Hamlet retold. It's it's just sort of inspired by the same tale. Mm-hmm. And I still found it like it's just it's it's good. He's he's a, a good filmmaker. So I'm impressed with him, and I really want him to do Nosferatu. Yeah, and that's and then again, that's why I rewatched Nosferatu because I was like, after finishing The Northman, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch the original Nosferatu now to get a sense again of that movie and try to picture what's the Robert Eggers version gonna be like. Uh, oh, and I just I he, he needs to make it. Please make Nosferatu next. Please. I hope it finally gets the funding or whatever. I know it's been teased in the news, but he keeps saying it's not a sure thing yet. It might not happen, but I hope it does. Oh, I hope it moves I forward. I want it. But anyway, so yeah, I guess out of five ravens empowered by the spirit of Odin, how many do you give it? I will give it three and a half Odin ravens. Um, I'm going to give it a four. All right. Yeah, that's a pretty solid scare of approval. Scare of approval. It sure the fuck is. Cool. Yeah, this was something... I was going to go a little lower, but I'm like, let's just give it the four now. And I'm sure I'll revisit it at some point. We'll see if it holds up to me or uh, I have different thoughts the next time I see it. Yeah. Because I feel like he's a director whose work rewards repeat review viewings. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested to see how I feel after another viewing of this. Yeah. And if you saw it, write to us at scaringissharing at gmail.com or follow us on the Insta, scaringissharing, and shoot us a private message. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know what you thought. T-H-O-T-S. I, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what you thought, okay? <laughs> What's your thoughts? Yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, Jeremy, it's a delight as always. Every time. I look forward Every to time. it. Well, thank you. It's, it's, it's been a blast <laughs> thus far, and I hope it keeps being a blast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, just remember that evil dies tonight. And beware of Crimson Peak. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I wanted to change it up. You threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep watching those movies that are scary and even adjacent. Yeah, and Jace keep- is good. Sometimes you got to shake it up. Yeah, Jace is good. Keep watching them. Keep talking about them because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.